Glad you're here tonight. Look at the person next to you and say, you look so good tonight. I'm so glad that I'm sitting next to you. Thank you for taking a shower today. Your breath smells wonderful. And your hair looks good. Yes. Just go ahead and just over compliment. Just give more. Just go ahead and make up. Make one up. Make some up. Go ahead. Go ahead and make some up. I'm excited for tonight. Um, you guys, uh, how many guys have attended here, uh, let's see, for five years or more? Like, well, in this youth group, in this youth group. Like a couple, four or five. How many of like four or more? Or actually four. Let's say, let's go with four. Four years. How many? Uh, three. You've been here for three years. Now, how many guys you don't even really know for sure? How many of you guys have been here for like a year? How many of you guys, you, uh, not even a year, you've been here? Yeah. Could we welcome everyone? Yeah. Man, so glad you guys are here. Well, um, I- I'm going to talk, I'm going to share tonight just because I felt like it's, it's appropriate. Um, for tonight and for Emerge and for this group right here, we've got a lot of students who have been here for a long time, but we've got a lot of students as well who, who are pretty new. We've got um, some people who are, who are brand new that have lived in the area who just started attending. We've got some people who have moved here. We've got some people who um, are seventh graders who recently have moved up into youth. Can we welcome our seventh graders? Yes. Glad you're here. Um, we got a lot of new people here tonight. So there's some things tonight that I want to share and tonight in the upcoming weeks that I want to share about that we value, that we hold important here at Emerge. And, and you may have heard some of this before if you've been here for a while, but we're going to talk about the four things that are most important to us. And I know you guys can be like, oh, we talk about this all the time. We do. We do, because these are things that, these things are so valuable to us. They're so important to us. And these are our, our four Emerge core values. And if you're new here tonight, this may be brand new for you all. If you've been here for a long time, we kicked off these core values at Winter Retreat last year. And by the way, that's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, January, the, the weekend of the 19th. It's going to be an awesome, awesome. You guys, if you don't know, if you've never been to winter retreat with us, that's the by far the best event we do. Am I correct? Am I correct in saying this? True. Okay. So you need to go to winter retreat. It's coming up soon. But before that, youth convention's coming up. It's going to be really cool. We're going to St. Louis this year. Um, it's going to be a good weekend away with our family. Made of friends. And that's exactly what we're talking about tonight because our first core value, our first thing that we value here at Emerge is that we are a family made of friends. We're a family made of friends. And I I get it. I get it. I know. You may not know everyone here tonight. I understand that. You may not even get to know everyone here tonight. I understand that. And then I, I get that some people are different than other people. I totally understand that. But tonight, we, we, what we want to do as Emerge Youth Church is we may not, obviously, we're not all the same age. We're not all the same grade. We don't all like the same things. But at the same time, we want to build here this close-knit, this unity, this group together 
as, and because you guys know that like a group that works together, that binds together, that bonds together, that does things together is a strong, solid group. You guys ever, um, you guys ever play sports or you do something with a team of people? You guys know um, that when like. <laughs> Or maybe you play band or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. We got some, we got our band people out here um, singing or dancing or whatever it is that you do. Um, you guys know that when your band is hitting the right notes at the right time, it's like electric. And you're like, yeah, you know, you're like, this is awesome. Or like when you're, when you're a basketball team, like you're on fire and everybody's passing. There's no like ball hogs. Everybody's taking care of each other. Everybody's passing the ball. Everybody's helping each other out. That's when your team's doing really good. Your football team, when you're blocking for the other guy or when you're, uh, it just, you're in it together. You guys know the power of together and how strong we can be together and that's what we're all about and that's what we want to do because we want to be a family made of friends now i get it also not everyone comes yeah we talk about family and you may say well my family is terrible like i'm sorry i i I, my family is terrible and we get that too but at the same time we we know you know what a good family should be like you know what a good family should be like and we want to try our best to be that for you here at Emerges Church. We want to help each other. We want to support each other. We want to lift each other up. We want to be there for each other. We want to pray for each other. And that's what we're all about here at Emerge is that we want to be a family made of friends. Um, here in a couple of weeks, or, or here in the next coming weeks, um, next week we're going to talk about our next core value is that found people, find people. And it's all about reaching others. It's all about evangelism. If you guys were here last week, we, we had the thing with the chair. And uh, thank you guys for bringing friends tonight. I'm so proud of you. Um, um, then the next week, we're going to talk about how saved people serve people. Because <laughs> you're quick on that. And then the last week, we're going to talk about how growing people change. Yes, I'm so proud of you guys. You guys got this. I don't, you guys, one of you guys want to preach tonight? Jordan? Here in a minute. Give me a minute. So tonight we're talking about family made of friends. And, and um, how many of you guys love Thanksgiving? Like It's like your favorite. Like, dude, eating? Come on. Put a plate in front of me. I, I'll eat. I'll eat. So, um, so if you're in the family, you guys get together with your big group of family. Everyone sits around the table and everyone eats. You have a seat at the table if you're part of the family. Um, you guys, how many of you guys at your family, like there's the adult table and there's the kids table? And the kids table is usually a plastic table with plastic chairs and it could collapse at any moment. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's so, you always something is spilt or always something is, is food goes everywhere, whatever it is. Um, and so eventually you guys, one of these days you'll make it to the adult table and you do that by someone dying. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's how you advance to the adult table. Someone has to die. And so, so we sit around this table with people that are family, with people that are family. But we also, you guys know your families. Right? You know your families. We also know that our family has a little bit of crazy in them, right? Yeah. Can I get an amen? Yeah. We, we, you just, your family knows how to put the fun in dysfunctional, right? And so, 
I started thinking about, we, we talked about some qualities that a good family has around the table. And every family is different. I get that. I know that. I understand that. But you, I think you could find these qualities that we talk about in a family at each and every family. And the first one is love. Basically, First one is love, like myself and my family, as much as we argue and as much as, much as my kids may fight. Um, and, and there's legitimate love for each other. We really do love each other. And, and I love like when our whole large family, extended family gets together and you could just feel the love in the room. It's same thing with, um, with Kristen's family. Like you get, we get together with that whole group of family and, and it's a lot of fun. We have a great time together. The second thing a family has love. The th- second thing a family has is conflict. Any of you guys ever fought? Or argued with a family member? No, not in my family. We don't do that. Liars. Here's the deal. You have not had an official family meal until there has been an official family fight. Right? And so you've got like, you've got different people at the table. You've got the political activists. Like you've got the arguer. You've got the people, person who chomps on their food. Like the, you have the... You have the mouth breather, like you know what I'm talking about? And, and you, you have the person who talks just because they like the sound of their own voice. Um, the smacking person. So many different people at your table. I got a feeling the smacker is Johnny at his table. So, or the talker, either way. He could be both. But the third thing is this. There's confusion at our table. There's confusion, and, and I'll never forget the first time sitting down with Kristen and her family, and, and their first, or my first Thanksgiving with them, and everyone's there, and, and um, they're all talking the whole time to me. And I'm like, who do I listen to? I don't know. And then, like, finally, like, the volume gets louder and louder because these are louder people. And the volume gets louder and louder and louder in the room. And then finally, Grandpa John shouts out. He's like, is anybody listening to me? And then, like, it gets quiet and everyone kind of laughs. And then they start talking again. And so, um, and so there, there's, there's confusion at the table. There's frustration at, in the family at the table. Like, everyone has that family member that's late all the time. You guys know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. That's not me. Um. I've got a cousin, Brenda, who's late every single year. And like in our family, everyone is designated to bring different things to the meal. And so um, my grandmother, she's diabetic and she has to eat at a certain time in the day. And so my cousin every single year puts my grandma off schedule and we should just start telling her, say, hey, Brenda, we're having Thanksgiving breakfast this year. That way she would show up by lunchtime. And so, but we all have that family member who frustrates us, that person that makes us mad. And so finally, there's connection. There's a connection in the family, at the family table. And the connection is so deep that here, I can call my family crazy, but you better not call my family crazy. Like, I can talk about my family, but you better not do that. Um, Like, one day... uh, Kristen was going on about her mom in a situation, and I spoke up and I agreed with Kristen. I should not have done that. <laughs> and, and so, but uh, family, family is connected by something that's so much deeper. It's we're connected together. Um, I learned I learned that like 
I should not have said something about someone who wasn't my direct family. And I, and I, and I learned that. And I want this family right here at Emerge to be like that. Whoa, whoa, hold on. You don't talk about Emily like that. Emily? Emily, you don't say that about her. You don't talk about Josh. He is the best drummer in the world. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you stand up for your friends. You stand up for your family. How dare you say something about one of my friends? You're not getting away with that. Shake. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Um, But, like, maybe you may be super close to them or not, super close to the people in this room, but we're family. We're in this together. And we talk about like how, how our, we are a family made of friends. And often in the Bible, the church is referred to as a family. And I was thinking about the qualities of family. And I started thinking about the qualities of the church. Because just like we have crazy families, we have crazy church people as well. Right? Because you know what I'm talking about. Come on. And so I started thinking we've got every one of those qualities in our church. For example, we have love in this room. I'll hug the person next to you. We got love in this room. I love the fact, not, not creepy. Don't be creepy. Don't be creeps about it. I love, listen, listen. I love the fact that people in this room, listen. I love the fact that people in this room love each other. I love it that we love each other. I love to see groups of you guys hanging out, being together, going bowling, doing things together. I don't know, whatever it is, going out to eat together. I love to see that. I love to see when people celebrate together. I love to see when people worship together. I love to see us us just be together and do things together. Um, You know what else we have in our church? Is we have conflict. We have conflict, and if if you've ever if you've ever left one church to go to another because there's conflict, you're crazy. Um, you're just like I just want to be at a church where there's no conflict, or, or I want to be at a church or a youth group where there's no drama. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Give it time. There will be drama, and and if you're there long enough, like. You will be judged. You'll be talked about. There will be conflict. There will never be a group of people that get together where there will be zero conflict ever. So one part of being a part of a great family, it's not the absence of conflict, but learning how to fight without the relationship being destroyed. There's confusion in the church, especially for for first timers or new people to church. Um, I've actually heard this during like the music time, the worship time. Why do all these people have so many questions? And then some people have two questions. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Um, and, and some, like some churches, we use our insider lingo, our insider church words that outsider church people don't know. And, and I tried my best not to use insider church lingo, but sometimes it just happens. We have frustration in the church. I just, I don't understand why they, they won't sing my song. Why don't we sing Oceans every week? That's my jam. Come on. I get, you, they don't sing my song anymore. They quit playing my song. And, and we have frustrations. And finally, we have connection. And the connection in the, in the church, is it's deeper than I like you, you like me, let's be friends. But the connection goes back to a bloodline. It goes to a bloodline. And, and his name is Jesus. And he sacrificed his life 
for every one of us. And if we can't agree on anything else as a family, the one thing we can agree on is that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. Now, there's this myth that um, that people believe about the church. And you may believe this tonight, and, and I hope not, but there's this myth that only people that have it all together are accepted at church. There's this myth that only people who have it all together are accepted at church. Only, only people who are popular or people who are important are accepted at church. Or only people who are perfect are accepted at church. Here's what I know about every single person in this room. Every single person in this room, all of us, at least once in our lives, spiritually, you felt like you're unsuccessful. You felt like you failed spiritually. You felt like you've messed up. You felt like you've made a mistake spiritually. Maybe it's, I, I, I never pray enough, or I don't ever read my Bible, or I don't do a, a daily devotion, or I never worship God. I, I, I don't even love other people. Or sometimes I, I don't have a relationship with God. And so the myth is that we have to be completely successful to be able to sit at the table with Jesus. And if you don't get anything else I say tonight, I want you to get I want you to get this. In Christ, not every story is a success story, but every story is a love story. In Christ, not every story is a success story. But every story is a love story. And the reason that we can sit at the table with, with Christ is not because of our successes, but because the sacrifice of our Savior. So Jesus modeled this. He, he, he modeled this with, with his friends, with his family made of friends that called his disciples. Um, but Jesus had a family that he dearly loved. And um, he, he also had this group... Um, of this disciples or his friends who he had with him all the time. And if you brought your Bible tonight, go to the book of Matthew um, 10, verse 2. And, and when it came to, to Jesus' family made of friends, even Jesus had a crazy family. He had a dysfunctional family. He had a messed up family. He had some straight up crazy people at the table with him. And if you were to, if I'm going to tell you about these guys here in a moment, but if you were to look at these guys and, and judge on, um, on what they did or where they came from, we would say that these guys probably don't really belong with Jesus. So Matthew 10 verse two, it goes like this. It says, the names of the 12 disciples are these first Simon, who is called Peter and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Um, Simon, the zealot. And Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. And that's the list of guys who, who hung out with Jesus. That's his family made of friends. That's his people that he had around him all the time. And so in this list of people, we see a list of crazy characters. A list of messed up people who were invited to be a part of Jesus' family made of friends. Not because of how successful they were. It's because of how they were loved by him. Let's, so let's, I, we're just going to take a look at a few of those people tonight. So let's look at Matthew, Matthew the tax collector. Um, here's the deal. Every one of us in this room, if it hasn't happened already, at some point in your life, you will be betrayed by someone else, by a friend. Am I right? 
that's probably happened to a lot of us here. Um, you'll be hurt. You'll be stabbed in the back. You'll be shot in the back. Like if you love gun control, you'd probably prefer to be stabbed in the back. Um, and it's just, it's not good. Um, but Matthew, the tax collector, it, it was no laughing matter. See, a tax collector in this society were people who had totally turned their back on God. There was no hope for them. They were the worst kind of people on the planet. But somehow, Matthew, the tax collector, got a seat at Jesus' table. Not because he was a tax collector, but because he was loved. Because he was loved. Um, There are probably some people in this room, maybe, that you have walked away from God. You do things you know you shouldn't do. Maybe you act and you think things you know you shouldn't do. And you look at things that you know you shouldn't. You feel in this room like you're spiritually unsuccessful. You know what? There's still room at the table for you. And this family made of friends, like you get your place at the table simply because you're loved. So if Matthew, the lowest of the low, had a place at Jesus' table, at, 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 in his family made of friends, then no one in this room is disqualified from being in this family made of friends sitting at Jesus' table. Not because you're perfect, but because you're loved. Next guy I want to talk to you about, his name is Simon the Zealot. And Simon was probably one of the greatest hype men ever. Like, guys, you have never seen anyone like this man right here. Like, you, until you have seen Jesus, he heals, he raises the dead, he casts out demons, he even walks on water. Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest of all time, Jesus Christ. Like, crowd goes wild. Yeah. I'm not a good hype man, but... Um, But have you guys ever met, like, a zealous person, someone who's just totally jacked up, excited about something? You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, like climate change people or One Direction fans or, or, um, like, Democrats or Republicans, like, people who are so jacked up, excited about what they are all for, what they believe in, um... Typically, these people are very highly opinionated, and they're fired up about something. Simon, he was a zealot, and zealots are people who are zealous about Israel. And zealots hated, they absolutely hated two groups of people, the Romans, and they hated tax collectors the most. So Simon and Matthew were in this family together, and they hated each other. But because of Jesus, these guys were at the same table in the same family made of friends. And you guys, you're going to have people in this room that you're going to disagree strongly with. You're going to totally battle with, and you're going to totally disagree with, but the, the stronger, but stronger than your disagreement should be your love for each other. Can I get an amen? What if Christians would put aside their personal preferences and focus on Jesus? How great would our world be? Um, the third person I want to talk to tonight, talk about tonight, is a guy named Judas. Judas was probably considered the most successful person out of the group of guys that traveled with Jesus. Um, reason was because Judas was the treasurer. 
He took care of the money. He handled the money for the group. Like, you don't take the idiot and give them all the money. Um, you, you take someone who, who is smart, who's good with money, and make them the treasurer. Judas is proof that you can be around Jesus, but never be in Christ. Never have know him, never have a relationship with him. I, I met so many people who think that just because they're in church, it makes them a Christian. Just going to church, you guys, doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a cheeseburger. It may make you look like a cheeseburger, but it doesn't work that way. And so Judas, in the eyes of the world, was one of the most successful people, but he never bought into the person that Jesus was. I don't want this peop- I don't want anybody in this room to die and to stand at the hates- gates of heaven and realize that you were in church but you weren't in Christ. If you've ever doubted your salvation or you've got questions about your salvation, then tonight's your night. Tonight's a night for you to get that right. And so finally, the last guy, and this is it I want to talk about, the last guy is Thomas. And I feel like I I connect with Thomas the most. Um, Thomas was kind of skeptical. We have any skeptics in the room? Like, okay, like two of us. Um, Like, you've never... Skeptical people are an interesting group of people. Like you could say, you could be like, I just had the best cheeseburger in the world. And they're like, no, you didn't. No, you, I don't believe it. You know, you didn't. And, and like the, the usually skeptical people are, they got to see it to believe it kind of people. And how many of you guys, like a minute ago, I asked who is skeptical and like, couple of people raised their hands. Um, the real skeptical people probably didn't raise their hands. You're like, I don't know if I'm skeptical or not. <laughs> I might be. Uh-huh. Um, but Thomas was the most skeptical disciple. And in, in John 20, 24, um, Jesus, what's happened, Jesus had risen from the dead. And Thomas was at the table with Jesus. He was a part of his family, made of friends for three years. He walked with Jesus, lived with Jesus, traveled with Jesus, went everywhere with him. He put all of his hope and faith and his trust in Jesus. And he believed that following Jesus was worth it. And all of a sudden, he sees Jesus crucified and killed and beat and buried and and put in a grave and and he sees Jesus dead and you got to could we all agree that at that moment we would probably most likely experience some doubt we begin to doubt and you you might have said I I I can't believe in him anymore because he's dead And all of us would probably have some problems still believing in Jesus. But after Jesus rose from the grave, he showed up to the house and he's like, hey guys, I'm here. And Thomas just happened to not be there, the one who doubted everything. And so the other disciples told him, they told him that he came back later and they were like, Jesus is alive. And it says this, it says, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks, uh, the hands the marks of the nails and place my fingers finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side. I will never believe. Can we all agree? That's a skeptic. Yeah. Watch what happens. Verse 26. It says this eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with him. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. <laughs> you guys ever been scared by someone? 
like you, you're in a room and like you think all the doors are locked and everything's shut. And all of a sudden, like someone's there and you're like, yeah. you know, <laughs> you're like, you get, you just tense up and you're like, who's, and Jesus like, peace be with you. And you're like, Jesus, come on, man. Don't do that to me. Like, that's what happened. So he said, Jesus said to Thomas, he was like, put your fingers here and see my hands. Put out your hand and place it on my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Tonight, I can't explain and I can't probably even begin to understand every single issue that you're going through. Every single thing that you're dealing with. Um, But if you have doubts, if you've got issues... I want to tell you guys tonight that Jesus, he's not intimidated by your doubts. He's not intimidated by your issues. You're not the first person who's doubted your relationship with him or or had any issues with him. And I would be willing to bet that there is someone here in this room that maybe some more, more people in this room that you've got doubts. And I'll stand up here and say, God is good and we're a family made of friends. And you'll say, man, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't, be, I don't see that happening. I don't believe that. Because you've gone through some things in your life and you don't feel like you're a part of the family made of friends. And sometimes it's hard to believe the goodness of God when we go through some tough times in our lives. And I can't tell you why some things, bad things, sometimes bad things happen. But I can tell you that he uses everything ultimately for the good. Because if Jesus can be, if he can be beaten and die on a cross, be put in a tomb and come back to life, then he can take whatever is dead inside of you and bring it back to life. Because that's who he is and that's what he does. I asked a couple of our students tonight. Um, we, we've been on this, we've talked about this value that we value at Emerge for, it's getting close to a year now. And it's something that we value and something that we hold important here. And I just asked a couple of our students to just take a minute or two and to share tonight about what being a family made of friends means to them. Would you put your hands together for Tate Kelly? Well, I was at the winter retreat last year when he first announced all the core values. And when I heard the first one, I was like, This is going to be a game changer for Emerge. Uh, Family made of friends, it just, it means that all of us, it means to me that all of us together, together we might not have it all, but all, but hold on, I already forgot my saying. We might not have it all together, but together we have it all. That's what it is. But um, just, it's about unity and protection and love and just loyalty and I don't know, it just... I don't even know how to explain it. I have definitely experienced it in my life um, with not only my church friends, but my school friends also. Um, I, like, consider them my family, too, and I consider all you guys my family as well. Um, So, yeah, that's basically it. This is my pal Jordan. I asked him to share a little bit about what a family made of friends means to him. Um, for me, um, I really think this whole family made of friends is due to our amazing leaders. Um, 
you know, they're always there with you to, to cry with you, to laugh with you, to pray with you, to praise with you. And um, I know a, a big family made a friend that, that was a leader in this room is David North. Um, there have been times where we're just driving in a car for hours and we do nothing but talk and just get deep and push each other in in the word in Jesus Christ. And you know, I think that's what a family's for, just to to push each other, to encourage each other, to pray for each other. So that's what it means to me. In this family, we welcome everyone with open doors and open hearts. Where fist pumps raise supreme, reign supreme, and dance parties rule. We believe in the Bible. We believe in big crowds, and we believe in small circles. We're a family made of friends. We're a place of cause and action. We champion the cause that found people find people. <clears throat> we hold nothing back in worship or in giving. We believe that saved people serve people. We pioneer, looking ahead for those who follow behind. We know that growing people change. We occupy our homes, our schools, and our city with the love of Jesus. We pray hard, we walk boldly, and we live authentically. Our girls stand out in culture, stand up for others, and stand on truth. Our guys live with ferocity and adventure, but tame their hearts with compassion. And Jesus is at the center of, all, of it all. We're at this for eternity. <clears throat>